Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. On this week's episode, we have Lauren, Yo, Kim, Howdy, and Josh. We celebrate our favourite time of year, and that is the Ig Nobel Prize Award season. And that is the award that is given out for outstanding work in an area of science when no one really thought to ask a question or really ever really wanted to know until now. So we celebrate some fantastic new work in the fields of the Nobel Prizes. Lauren, sometimes you really switch between being really happy and excited or friendly towards someone and then really not happy or uh, mad or angry at them. In fact, you're a bit sundere or um, uh, bipolar, polar in your actions on this. No, I'm joking. Of course, you're nothing like that. But uh, what, what does this have to do in the Nobel Prizes and Arctic Science Awards. Was that a really convoluted lead-up to Polar, Justin? Yes. <laughs> uh, are we talking about, like, North Pole or, for example, Polar Bears? Well, it would be an un- unbearable for me to let this really rickety introduction continue any longer, Lauren, <laughs> so please put it out of its misery by launching headfirst into this Scandinavian mystery. Okay, so Justin, for the Arctic Science Prize this year, the award, so the pri- so the Ig Nobel Prize for Arctic Sciences this year went to Rimes and Ifstol from the University of Oslo um, for investigating information regarding the reindeer in Norway, particularly their reactions to polar bears. So they were... Well, they're investigating the fantastic helpers of Santa and their reaction to deadly, deadly menaces and predators. Pretty much. Um, except instead of, you know, finding some polar bears to expose the reindeer of Norway to, what they decided was they could go with a much safer option and turn themselves into the polar bears. <laughs> hang, hang on. So instead of actually getting actual polar bears, which I'm assuming would be available somewhere in the North Pole. They just like, dressed up in costumes? <laughs> Pretty much. So the researchers themselves, um, what they did was they looked at how the reindeers um, perceived the humans when they were just walking past and looked like humans. And then they went and dressed themselves up in white to look like polar bears and noted the reaction of the reindeers again to see how they would react to polar bears. Unsurprisingly, they were a lot calmer when being surrounded by humans than being surrounded by these unknown white creatures that were coming at them. Yeah, well, especially because they weren't really actual polar bears. <laughs> they were no. polar bears. I feel like this might have an unintentional um, side effect on the actual research as well. What, what, mm. what would that side effect be? That they, they become less scared of serious predators that they should run away from? Or they might become more scared of... Yeah, they might have reacted more scared, actually, to the weird humans compared to an actual native polar bear. Well, I mean, this all depends on uh, the costumes themselves. Is it one scientist to a polar bear costume? Two? Do they, uh, do they have a, a Chinese dragon thing going on here? No, pantomime uh, polar bear. I'm just imagining <laughs> pantomime horse, but a polar bear. Guys, this is a serious piece of research that needs to be done. Is it... Is it a realistic costume or is it like a pantomime one? Because if the pantomime one works better, then we should run with that. 
So you may be asking yourselves, why exactly did these scientists decide that they wanted to dress up as polar bears and scare some reindeer? I mean, it does seem a bit ridiculous. But this, is, this study was actually related to climate change. So because polar bears are getting stuck on land masses later and later in the year due to, like, the melted sea ice, um, they wanted, the scientists wanted to see how reindeer populations would react to polar bears. Um, since they're now, there's more of a chance that they're now going to be exposed to each other. Right, and those bears leaving their natural environments and coming into contact with humans means they actually need to, or reindeer means we need, really need to consider the impact that it has on the ecosystem and their behaviour. Bear, bears coming into contact with, with uh, other, other creatures can often be, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, can be a pretty unpredictable event sometimes, and uh, creatures' reactions can surprise you. I mean, I, I, there was at one time when my mum fought a bear, Wait, your mum fought a bear, like with her bare hands? <laughs> Not quite. Um, so this is when, way back, I, uh, for those uh, listening, listening at home, I uh, used to live up in the mountains of Canada, uh, a lot of, <laughs> back in the old country. And uh, um, when I was little, we lived in a, a fairly wooded environment. And uh, if you're not aware, um, bears, bears are very common in, around that area. And we had a, there was one day when my mum uh, went outside to uh, just take a look at the view and found there was a bear going through our rubbish so she may or may not have tossed uh, my plastic tricycle i was about three at the time tossed my one of those big a uh, big um fisher price uh plastic tricycles piffed it right at the bear's head a bear uh, ran up a tree and and then <laughs> she basically yelled at it till it just came down the tree and left uh left the property um so, uh, so, so bears really need to be worried about angry mums. So it's not like an angry mother bear they're worried about. In this case, it's a mother bear acting <laughs> mother throwing yeah. a trike at an actual bear. I would be yeah. really interested to see if reindeers acted this way too eventually. Or maybe if you give them a plastic trike. <laughs> That's right. So what we're going to find is that when reindeers like start becoming more and more contact with bears, they're just like, no bear, I've had enough of your rubbish. Or you may be an actual really dangerous predator or you might just be a human in a bear outfit. Either way, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to like ram you with my massive horns. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time for this. <laughs> so that raises some really fascinating insights into the way that animals coexisting with humans in new environments can lead to some interesting and unusual behaviours. Justin, Justin, I'm a cat. Justin, let me in. Justin, I'm sad. Tim, Tim, are you are you okay? Are you having a bit of a mid cat life crisis? Remember, you've only got another eight lives left. <laughs> Justin, I think I think you'll find that you're going for the wrong cat pun. You'll find if you don't let me in, it'll be a catastrophe. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. I, I walked headfirst into that one through my cat flap, <laughs> um, and. Fearing catastrophe and fearing um, terrible things going to happen to you and being quite somber and sad about the state of the world um, and feeling like there's not much point to it all is one of the signs of 
depression, which is a very serious problem um, impacting many people throughout the world. And many people have been asking this question, noting, you know, a potential correlation between people who own cats and people who are depressed. And this, this raised many questions in the wonderful world of science who took commonly found tidbits of popular culture and casual observation and decided, no, no, we actually, we actually need to investigate what is going on here. So this won the Public Health Ig Nobel Prize. And it was a team of researchers from a myriad of different number of countries, including from the United States, India, Japan, and the Czech Republic. And basically, through a number of different studies, they were all measuring whether or not owning a cat was hazardous for human beings' mental health. So cats might rule the internet, be the star of memes, and also smashing objects like in the amazing game Cat Simulator, where you get to do as much damage as you possibly can in a short period of time. Um, what they've actually been investigating is whether or not there is a correlation to people with depression and people who own cats, or vice versa, and what actually is involved in it. Um, there's also actually more than one study involved in here as well. So I'll talk about each of the studies in turn, and I'll give you a bit of a theme, uh, a flavour for what actually is going on. Um, so basically, David Hauner at the University of Michigan Medical School went on a data mining spree. So using all the magical digital records from a variety of different sources, what he actually did, he was... Um, he found that 41% of the 750 patients with cat bites, right? So these are people who presented to a hospital or a doctor to get treated for the bites from their cat. So if you've owned a, ever owned a cat, you'll understand that they probably scratch and bite pretty ferociously, especially when you're trying to get them to do something they don't want to do, like being declawed or bathed. And what they found is when they analysed the people who showed up to these hospitals or these doctor sites with these symptoms, which is cat bites and scratches and marks, what they found was that in 41% of those 750 patients, they were the patients themselves had either at the time or recently in the past be treated for clinical depression. And they just they weren't looking for that. They didn't sit down to try and find this fact out. They just ran the test and they noticed, well, hang on a second, that's a crazy high correlation. So in total, when they looked at the total pool of patients, they looked, they they saw in comparison to dogs, you know, p- people who own dogs, maybe, maybe it's a similar kind of number that you'd see. And people who presented with dog bites or dog scratches, out of 1.3 million patients, so many, many more people were bit by dogs than people were scratched by cats. When analysing a total pool of about 1.3 million patients, out of the general populace that they analysed, only 9% had depression. And only 29% of dog owners actually had depression. Dog owners who were then bitten and showed up with signs of bites or scratch at the hospitals had depression. So cats were sitting at 41%, which is just leaps and bounds above everything else. And it was really... Quite an alarming statistic. In fact, the the lead researcher was um, noted as saying, this paper raises more questions than it answers, which I think is is a reasonable assumption of just trying to investigate animal bites and illnesses and coming across a really terrifying statistic like that. So, Justin, does this mean that cat bites, instead of giving you, like, cool superpowers, they give you, like, 
Melancholia and sadness? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, no. no. Uh, so uh, spider bites may turn you into Spider-Man, but cat bites do not turn you into Catman. They could necessarily. turn you into Sadman. Sadman, yes. And the important part to note here, guys, is that we don't actually know the reason for this strong correlation. The study did not say that all cat owners are depressed and all people who are depressed are cat owners. All it was suggesting is that from the sample set they actually studied, they noted a really strong but unexplainable correlation between these two things. Um, but it didn't know if it was one first or the other. So that is obviously an area of research and area of questions. But the story does not end there. So Yaroslav Flerger from Charles University in Prague in the Czech Republic was also investigating something fascinating going on with cats and the army in the Czech Republic. Hmm. So what they were finding and um, the intelligence and novelty-seeking scores in men conscripted into the Czech army, uh, so these are people in the general in the general populace who conscripted into the army. They were found to be substantially lower. So they if they if they were infected with a parasite called Toxoplasma gondii, which is found predominantly in cats. So this cat-based parasite, if uh, you had been exposed to it, the young men who then joined the army and had been exposed to this parasite did pretty noticeably less well on their intelligence and novelty-seeking scores when they went into the army. And this is, again, a very fascinating correlation. Um, this, is, this is sort of confirming some previous studies into this particular parasite, Toxoplasma gondii, which has been investigated previously in 2009 to see if it has a link to the schizophrenia, uh, development of schizophrenia in people. So maybe this parasite has a specific neurodegenerative disorder in parts of the brain and that's what's causing these low test scores but also other mental health illnesses so this is not looking so great for cats being a man or woman's best friend (laughs) so cat owners watch out your cat may actually be trying to kill you not just metaphorically actually trying to kill you that's right and it's it's really interesting uh that they've they've uh got into such some fascinating details about uh just from looking at correlations and statistics in medical research. And it builds on a lot of other research being done over a long period of time about uh, research into parasites and behaviour in animals and impacts on human health. I think the final part about this that I have to talk about also, again, comes from the Charles University in Prague, and that is, again, that Toxoplasma gondii, aside from lowering uh, the conscript male's army intelligence scores, They've also found that it makes women feel more guilty. So it finds that it lowers people's guilt proneness. So they increases the tension that they feel in situations. So basically, they feel guiltier and more at fault in circumstances as well. So <laughs> this is just really leading to the fact that Toxoplasma gondii is a really dangerous parasite that we need to know more about and try and control. And that's uh, we should maybe. Uh, Take a second, uh, take a second look at sleeping with our pets of any persuasion, and making sure that they keep really clean and treat any parasites that we come across on them. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. This is the week on Lagrange Point. We discuss some big Nobel Prize-winning research, including humans disguised as polar bears not scaring reindeers, and whether or not having a cat makes you more likely to be sad and upset than owning a dog, and what the implications are for cats and parasites that they carry for humanity. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.